Welcome to Beside the Burn for Monday the 31st of August 2020. It's a new week, almost a new month, and we're preparing for a new beginning as we work towards reopening the church building for next Sunday. Beside the burn is taken from the picture of Psalm 23 and verse 2 where God leads us beside quiet waters to restore our soul. And that is my prayer each day for these moments of quietness that God would restore, that he would refresh our souls. Next week, we have some exciting developments based on our new series for Sundays. The series is called Prism, Perspectives from the Pandemic. And we hope that this Beside the Burn will be an opportunity for fellowship as well as refreshment as we think throughout the week about what we've been looking at on Sunday together. Today and the rest of this week, we're going to focus on our theme from Sunday of Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound. Last week we looked at forgiveness and this week we have come to the next stage which is grace, reminding us as to where our forgiveness comes from. You can of course go back and listen to Burnside, uh, to Burnside at home if you missed it. So let's look at a few verses that tell us about grace. And first of all, what is grace? Well, the dictionary definition tells us that grace is the free and unmerited favour of God as manifested in the salvation of sinners and the bestowal of blessings. So grace, it's free to each one of us. It's something that we don't deserve. It's unmerited. It is the favour of God. And we see that favour through the forgiveness of our sins and also through the blessings that come our way. You may remember this definition from your days in Sunday school. Grace taking the, the letters of the word and grace is God's riches at Christ's expense. We need to realise that grace to be worth anything comes from God. It's no good if somebody else gives us grace or shows us grace. It has to be God's grace that is important and that brings the most blessing. God's grace is rich. It comes from the richness of God himself, the wonders that only God can give. What is it that God alone can give us? He can give us forgiveness. He can give us blessing. He can show us eternal life. He can bring restoration and refreshment into our lives. He can provide us with help and guidance and strength. All these things are the riches of God that are ours. And it comes at Christ's expense. It only comes through Jesus Christ. There's no other way for grace to be effective in our lives. It is only from Jesus and it is at his expense. It cost him his life. He took our sin and he gave himself to pay the price for us. We couldn't possibly pay that price ourselves. So Jesus steps in and it's at his expense, costing him everything that we have these great riches that God gives us. Our verse for today is Ephesians 2 and verses 8 and 9. So let's read that verse together. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. So what does Paul tell us here? Well, he tells us, for it is by grace that you have been saved. Our salvation is linked 
to grace. It only comes about because of grace. We cannot be saved by our own work. We can't be saved by what somebody else does. It is only by grace and what Jesus Christ has done for us. We're saved from sin. We're saved from guilt. We're saved from shame and punishment. And this comes about not because we look a good prospect to God, not because we've done something and God has seen some potential in us. It comes about through faith. And as Paul tells us, this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. What a wonderful gift God gives us. His grace. It's not something that we can do, not by works, so that we cannot boast. It is God's free gift towards us. Once we have been forgiven, of course, there's always that temptation to boast in what we have done, how we have turned our lives around, how we have changed things. But in reality, it's a gift that comes from God and it's not by our own works. We get our grace. We find our salvation through faith in God. And God generously, unmerited, gives us his grace and favour. He forgives us and then he pours out his blessing upon us. So take a moment and consider today what God has saved you from. And then consider also what does this grace mean for you? What difference has God's grace made in your life? And then let us pray together. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for your grace. We know that we do not deserve it. We know that it comes freely from Jesus Christ and what Jesus has done for us on the cross. Help us today, Lord, to put our faith in Jesus and to receive your abundant grace in our lives. Amen. Welcome once again to Beside the Burn for Tuesday, the 1st of September. As we enter a new month, September usually signals the beginning of the new church year. You know, all the organisations start back after the summer break. This year, however, is very different because the only thing that's starting back is the Sunday service after almost six months off. The organisations will have to wait a little while until we see how all of the restrictions and regulations fit into place before we can begin to open up during the week as well. It's a time of returning. It's a time of re-evaluating. It's a time of new starts, not just doing what we've always done, but looking carefully, saying, as Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, the old has gone, the new has come. And of course, grace plays an important role in all of that, our theme for this week. We have no right to a new start. God's grace is what brings us a new start. We've no way of making a new start in our lives. It's only by God's grace. We could quite easily continue to live in our sin, but for God's grace in our lives. Grace, as we were reminded yesterday, is unmerited. We do not deserve it. But, of course, we do need it. We need it in abundance. 
And Peter has a prayer in 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 2, which we need to pray for ourselves, but it's also a prayer that we could quite easily pray for others and should pray for others. So let's read 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 2 together. Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Peter here asks for two things. He asks for grace and he asks for peace. Grace, as we've just been thinking, is the favour of God. And really, if we're asking this for ourselves and we're asking it for others, what more in life could we possibly want? The favour of God. There's nothing so rich. There's nothing so priceless. There's nothing that could help us more in life than having the favour of God. Peter also links that in with peace. Now, this isn't the peace necessarily of sitting by a beautiful quiet stream as we think about in Beside the Burn. This is inner peace that in the midst of turmoil, we find that contentment. And we find that peace that even though all around us is going crazy and we can hardly get a grip on it, God has entered into our hearts and our lives and brought us his peace and his calm. And as Peter asks for these two things, he says, be yours in abundance. He doesn't just want a little amount. He wants a lot, not just enough to get by on, but more than we can even handle abundance. Not just a little sprinkling of grace over our lives, but a truckload of grace. How do you get it? After all, it's undeserved, it's unmerited. We cannot possibly earn it. Paul or Peter tells us that it is through knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. It's whenever we get to know our Heavenly Father, it's whenever we get to know Jesus Christ, that the Holy Spirit brings us this grace and peace and manifests it in our lives day by day. So let's take a moment to consider how much grace and peace we need in our lives, and also how much we've been given in our lives. Because sometimes these are things that we take very much for granted and they go unnoticed until we hit a problem. Then pray for that grace and peace for yourself and then pray it for someone else today. Think of a name as we go to our short prayer at the end. The name of someone who needs grace in their lives and who needs God's peace at this time. And then there'll be a short silence where you can pray that name and pray for that person. So let us pray together. Lord, I pray for your grace and peace today. I pray it for myself because I know that I need it more than ever. But Lord, I also pray it for others who are in need today. And in the silence, Lord, I name them before you, asking for your grace and peace in their lives. Lord, may we know your grace and peace this day, for we ask it in your name. Amen.
Welcome to Beside the Burn for Wednesday the 2nd of September 2020. Wednesday is the day that we focus on prayer in Burnside. Uh, the articles and the blog always contain suggestions for prayer and uh, information to encourage us in our prayers. So please do set aside some time today to remember these things in prayer uh, and please pray for our congregation, especially as we plan to reopen on Sunday for morning service. Uh, pray that numbers would Perhaps be small. I know that's a strange request, but just for this first week, we'd like small numbers so that we can uh, ease in gently and get everything set up right and have the right procedures. But today, our study it continues to follow the theme of grace. And today we come to Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16. It is a verse about approaching the throne of grace in prayer. Uh, So let's read this verse together and then let's see what it means to come before the throne of grace. So Hebrews 4 verse 16. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. What we see here is that this is a call for us to approach the throne of grace. And we're to come to God, we're to come in prayer. And I remember this used to be a a, a picture that was used quite often of prayer, coming to the throne of grace. It's not maybe something that I hear so much nowadays in prayer meetings. And maybe it's something that we need to remind ourselves that whenever we come in prayer, We come to a throne, and a throne is a mighty and a scary place. Anybody coming to a throne comes with trepidation, but it is a throne of grace. And that grace that we've been thinking about all week makes the difference. It is a privilege to come to the throne of grace. The throne is the place where the Father is seated and at his right hand is Jesus Christ. The two of them reigning together with the Spirit around them and watching over. And we don't come in total fear. We come with confidence. Yes, there's trepidation. Yes, there is fear and respect. But we're invited to come. Let us then approach. And therefore we come with confidence before God. We come with confidence because we know that our sins are forgiven. We come with confidence because we can speak plainly before God. There is nothing that we're not allowed to bring to him. We can talk to him about anything. We can ask him any question that we want. We can question God any way that we want as well. And so therefore that confidence comes from the grace of Jesus Christ, our sins forgiven. And when we come and approach the throne of grace with confidence, we do that so that we may receive mercy and find grace. These are the two things that are to help us in our time of need. We're to receive mercy. And mercy is compassion that is shown towards an offender. So whenever somebody has done something, 
then they deserve the punishment. But whenever they're shown mercy, then that punishment is no longer theirs. They are guilty, but they've been shown mercy. And that's what we need to remember as we come before God. We are guilty. We're guilty of sin. We have sinned against God. But we come before the throne of grace to receive mercy and then to find grace to help us in our time of need. That grace, as we've thought about before, is the undeserved favour of God. And so as we come to that throne of grace, we come there because of grace and then we receive more grace. We find more grace from him. The help that we need comes from heaven and these two things mercy and grace are what are needed so today let's take a moment and consider what it means to come to the throne of grace consider how coming into God's presence and before his throne can result in this mercy and grace and let's pray together Heavenly Father, we approach your throne of grace today. And Lord, we do come with confidence, still with fear and trembling and reverence before you. But we come in this confident knowledge that you have invited us. And because of what Jesus has done, we are able to come. Lord, may we receive your mercy today. We know that we have sinned, but we long for mercy rather than punishment. And Lord, may we find grace to help us this day in our time of need to follow you and trust in you. Lord, we ask these things now in Jesus' name. Amen. Welcome once again to Beside the Burn, this time for Thursday the 3rd of September 2020. And today we continue to explore grace and the wonderful riches of God's grace. We all enjoy grace whenever it's shown to us, but you know, sometimes we get a little bit annoyed whenever it's shown to other people. And we even get annoyed whenever we're not showing grace ourselves even though it's something that is undeserved. It's something that we should never expect. But if we don't get it, sometimes we have this sense of entitlement. For example, this is a trivial example, but it'll maybe help explain the point. Think about parking uh, and think about a, a pen display car park where you've got to pay for a certain length of time. Or think about the promenade in Port Stewart where you're allowed to park for a, an hour at a time. If I park too long and I come back to my car and I haven't received a ticket, I am delighted. Maybe I didn't realise that I was there too long, but you get back to the car and you suddenly have that moment of dread. Oh no, I should have been back 20 minutes ago. And yet there's no ticket there and you just breathe a sigh of relief and you give thanks. But then if somebody else parks all day and they don't have a ticket, sometimes I can get a little bit annoyed. How did they get away with that? That's unfair. Why? And then... Of course, if I park too long and I do get a ticket, that really annoys me. Even though I deserved to get the ticket because I'd parked over the limits, I get annoyed. God's grace is similar. If 
we receive it, we're delighted. If we don't get it, well, then that really annoys us. And if we see somebody else getting too much of it, then perhaps we call it into question. So today we're going to look at 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 9. We're going to read it together and, and, and listen to this because it is such a great summary of the gospel. Timothy, or Paul here is writing to Timothy. He's talking about God and he's talking about salvation. And as he says about God who has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we've done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. What a summary of the gospel. God who has saved us. He loves us so much that he sent Jesus Christ to save us from our sins. And he has called us to a holy life. He wants us to live lives that are different. Sometimes whenever we hear that word holy, we we wonder what does that truly mean? And really it means set apart or it means different. God is holy. He is different from anything else that we know. But he calls us to live a holy life, a different life, a life that is set apart from him and different from the ordinary. And God has saved us from our sins. He's given us this uh, choice of following him and living a holy life. But it isn't because of anything that we have done. But... Because of his own purpose, and there's that word again, grace. God doesn't look down at us and say, well, there's someone who's making a good effort at life. I'm going to call him and give him salvation and, and set him apart for a holy life. No, it's nothing to do with us. God simply chooses us. He shows his grace to us because of his own purpose. He has a purpose. He has a plan and he calls us into it. And this grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. So this grace is dependent on Jesus and it comes before the beginning of time. So therefore, it has nothing to do with anything that we have done. It's nothing to do with us if it was before the beginning of time, before we were even born. This grace was given to us in Christ Jesus. Jesus has done it all and it is not dependent on us. It is only dependent on God. So whatever you think about this grace that God has given us through Jesus, it truly is amazing because it's not dependent on us. It's only dependent on the amazing Jesus Christ. It's nothing to do with our plans, but it's all to do with God's purposes. So let's take a moment today and consider our salvation and consider what little part we have to play in it and what great part that God has to play in it. And then let's give thanks to him in prayer. Heavenly Father, 
We thank you today for our salvation, that you have called us to this holy life. And Lord, we find it difficult to live a holy life at times, but we know that you alone can give us the power to do it through Jesus. We thank you for your grace. We know, Lord, that we do not deserve it. We know that we cannot earn it, but we thank you and praise you for it this day. And we thank you that it is so certain that it will not disappear because of something we do, because you have planned it from before the beginning of time. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Welcome to Beside the Burn for Friday the 4th of September 2020. We draw to the end of our studies in grace this week and then next week we're going to be starting something new and something different. We're going to be using part of the PRISM Bible study which has been produced by our Presbyterian Church in Ireland. Next week's theme will be about returning. And we're looking at that as we return to the church building. But much, much more important than returning to a building, we want to be thinking about returning to a person, returning to God. But that's next week and that's to come then. But today we're going to return to grace one last time as we conclude our studies. And we're going to look at a verse today that doesn't even mention grace, but I think it truly describes what grace is all about and and just gives us that better understanding. We've looked in detail about forgiveness. We've looked in detail about grace coming before the beginning of time through Jesus. But what does it actually look like in our lives? Well, that's what we're going to find today from Isaiah chapter 40, verses 30 and 31. You probably know this verse well. You could possibly even recite it, but it's a wonderful truth from God's word. So let's read it together. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They'll soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. This is what grace is like. This is the amazing grace that we are thinking about this week. We feel tired and God comes along and renews us. And this is always my prayer for these beside the burn Bible studies. It's a whole idea behind them that we would be restored. It's not so much that we're studying the Bible, but we're coming into God's presence. We're reading his word and we're sitting down by the stream of still waters and asking God, Lord, just come and renew me. Come and refresh me today. Make me new. Just revive me, Lord. And that's my prayer today, that we would be revived. That where we are tired and weary, God would pick us up and give us his refreshment. wonder, do you need restoration and refreshment today? Do you feel that perhaps you should be coping better? Well, here's what Isaiah tells us. Even youths grow tired and weary. Even them. So we may feel that today, but even the youths grow tired. And the young men, they stumble and they fall. 
Anyone can feel like this. Anyone can feel tired and weary at any time. Anyone can make a mistake and stumble and fall. Even whenever things are going well, suddenly something trips us up and we fall and we make a mistake. We get into trouble. And in those situations, we need grace more than ever. We need grace more than anything else. Whenever we are tired and weary, whenever we do stumble and whenever we fall, that's when we need God's grace in our lives. But, says Isaiah, there's an alternative to all of this happening and it comes from the Lord. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. If we hope in the Lord. Some translations, instead of this word hope, have the word wait. You might have that in your Bible today. Those who wait on the Lord. And the idea is that we linger in God's presence. It's not just that we sit back and wait passively on something happening. The way if you're waiting out for a train, you sit and you wait at the station and then eventually the train arrives. But you don't actually do anything to make that train arrive. It just comes. But the idea here in this waiting before the Lord is this idea of hope. We wait expectantly. We just linger. We remain in God's presence. And he renews our strength. We just spend the time with him and then the result comes, the renewal and the refreshment. And God will do it, he says. And then we've got this wonderful idea of progression. And it's really a reverse progression because we start off here with we soar on wings like eagles. This is the, the, the height. The eagles soar high and that's what we'll be like. Then if we come down to earth, as it were, we'll run and not grow weary. And then after we've run, we'll walk and not be faint. And I often think in this verse, and I've said it many times before, that it really looks as if it should be the other way round, that whenever God comes into our lives, we start off walking. And then as we're not faint and we get through the walking, then we start to run and then we start to soar like the eagle. But it's the other way around. And I think that's because of God's grace in our lives. Whenever we first experience grace, it is the most incredible event in our lives. The burden has been taken away. We've been set free. The sin is gone. And we are soaring on heights that we have never been on before. But then that initial enthusiasm and that initial excitement begins to fade a little. We're we're still excited. We're still running. And we're not growing weary and things are going well. But it's maybe just not quite at the height that we once were. And then after that running stops, we're walking. But things may be slower, but we're not fainting. We're keeping going. We're still making progress all the time. 
And God's grace enables us to do that. And he promises to be with us. Not that we will be tired and weary and stumble and fall, but that we will be renewed in our strength. And that is amazing grace. So take a moment today to consider what stage you're at. Are you soaring or running or walking? Could you trust God more to allow you to soar once again? Could you ask God for that initial excitement again that you would soar in wings like eagles and follow him? So let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you today for your grace and we thank you for the huge difference that makes in our lives. Lord, we've been thinking about this amazing grace all week and about how our sins are forgiven. And today, Lord, we pray that we would have that renewed enthusiasm once again, that you would refresh us with your grace once again. And that, Lord, it would be like soaring on wings like eagles. Pick us up, we pray, Lord, even if we're just walking today or even if we're running. Help us once more to soar on wings like eagles and to follow you in all that we do. Lord, may we know your great riches through Jesus Christ. Amen.